0: All right, we are live. My guest today is the one and only Sean Stackhouse. He is a play by play by guy, a dress announcer. He is an esports expert, and he. Oh, oh, what is that? that? That's going well. Oh, you know, I have my YouTube tab open. I should turn that off.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, that'll do
0: it. I should mute that. All right, yeah, <laughs> okay, we're muted. All right, we'll try that over. We'll start over. We're doing it live. All right. He is a public address announcer, an eSports expert, and much better at this than I am. Thank you for doing this and um, helping me figure out how bad I am at it.
1: Hey, m- my pleasure. It is an honor to be here with the the founder of the Stacks Index, the man, the myth, the legend behind main Basketball Rankings, and the brother of a coach who beat the holy heck out of us earlier this year.
0: I know and I missed that game because I had COVID. Um and I really wanted to go to that one because I was like, oh I'll get to meet stacks and eastern Main Sports was there. I'd get to meet those guys. And then I was in bed with the fever of 103.
1: That's about what I felt like Cash was going to score on us every time he played against us. <laughs> so I was relieved to at least see him gone. But uh yeah. yeah. Oh I'm thinking of morana Cook, not Madame yeah, well, yeah you're whatever. thinking of Miranda Cook. Yeah d- they both begin and, with M. They both end with K. They're the same thing. Yeah, it's they're both a long drive. They, they both can beat us by fifty on a given night. It's fine. <laughs> and that
0: was an interesting game because we had targeted that game as that was a big heel point game. Um, because the MCI girls, what they finished like twelve and six, something like that.
1: Something like that. Yeah, I, I feel like. So I feel like with with the girls, they they finished. You know, the same thing I think happened in soccer. It's like yeah, they'll win a bunch of games, but. Boy, that schedule is rough. Yeah, they had a it's weird, not very point worthy.
0: Yeah, they had a weird schedule where they had, you know, I was just looking at it in like mid December and I'm like, I have no idea how good this team is because they've played a bunch of 0 and 18, 1 and 17 teams and they have beat them. And then they've played like teams that finished like 17 and 1 and like 13 and 5 and got beat. And I'm like, that's a big range.
1: <laughs> like how good hey, are they? if it makes you feel any better when the season was over after they i think they went up to Press isle and, and got beat we mm-hmm. still didn't really know how good they were so it's fine well there you go yeah
0: we need some more games for that so let's talk about the stacks index since you brought it up and i wasn't sure what we were going to start with so you're uh definitely driving the ship here okay um so let's tell the story about the stacks index so you were this is before you were a famous um broadcaster Right. And you were just a famous public address announcer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was doing the broadcasting thing at the time, but it was, it was, it is certainly not blown up to the point where it is now. Definitely. Right. Um, but I, I got really bored one night. And I'm, when I say bored, I mean really mm. bored. And I'm like, hey, you do this thing where you tell everybody what the good game of the night is. So what's the best game tonight? And you came up with, there was something like, a, I think it was like a ago game or, you know, something in Western Maine or Southern mm-hmm. Maine. And then the alternative was, you know, way up in, uh, Arista County for, uh, uh, Easton and I don't know, Fort Fairfield or something. Something like that. I remember it was Easton. Yeah. And, oh, I remember it was Easton too. Boy, walking <laughs> into that place was uh, an eye opening experience. That is a really cool looking gym. But, uh, I figure, well, you know what? HOU is probably going to do that game because it's the only good game of the night up there. So, I'll just go up there, I'll make fun of Carmichael for an hour or so, surprise everybody up there that I actually made the trip, and then you know, will come home and get home at like two in the morning. So go up there. I think Granny's was still open actually. Uh like the original Grammys, not uh whatever it became afterwards, because I right but a uh, place if you'd never been, it was just these big portions, it was amazing. Um Ooh. and you know, I've had some big portions in my life. So (laughs) go up there, stop at Grammys, get get a bite to eat, go to the game. And uh, and it turned out to actually be a pretty decent game. But um, after that, uh, you decide, I I think it was the next day, you just decided, well, this is kind of a cool thing that I do. I'm just going to call it the Stacks Index now. And so now I am forever immortalized until I do something that upsets main basketball rankings and you you come up with a name for it.
0: Get yeah, banned. It'll be the not stacks. Uh, yeah, the, until I get cereal.
1: canceled, it is the stacks index. <laughs>
0: yeah, so the I came up with that pretty quickly, and it kind of stuck, and I haven't really figured out a way to improve it. Although I'm sure there's ways to improve it, of maybe something like driving distance, or if there would be a way that you could make it so that it like impact on seating in the tournament. That would be the big thing, improvement for it, I think. But that would be there really There was hard. one
1: day this year that I was going to make a crazy trip. I almost went up to Fort Kent for the, because I got your newsletter, mm-hmm. and I almost went up for the uh, Fort Kent Wisdom Doubleheader. Ooh. And, uh, and you know, eventually by the time I decided, hey, I might want to go to this, uh, I remembered that it's like a four-hour drive. and. Right. I like basketball. I don't like it that much. So so I didn't go, and it turned out, uh, I think the boys' game went to double overtime, or the girls' game went to double overtime, Ooh. and the other game uh, had, like, a big comeback. So, I mean, both games were epic, and I missed out. But I also missed out on eight hours of driving, so True. it kind of balances out.
0: That's the sort of drive where you want to be like, okay, I have a friend up there with a couch that I can crash <laughs> yeah. on. Yes. Come back the next day during the daylight. So the Stacks Index, for people who don't know, this is the thing that determines the game of the day. Um, and it's a couple factors. It's basically what it's looking for is the perfect game is the two best teams in the state in a one-point game in like the 90s. That would be your perfect, yeah. your 100 on the Stacks Index in that scenario. So it's looking for how good are the teams, both of the teams, because it's no fun to watch the, watch Brewer play vinyl haven you know that would not sure. be super entertaining it might be for brewer um but probably <laughs> not um and it might so be looking, good for the end of the brewer bench it might be be real good for the end of the brewer bench um so how good are the two teams how closely matched are they how high scoring are they because you know like a wisdom easton game might be the girls game might be 25 to 24 and mm-hmm. as much fun as it is to ha- see a close game 25 to
1: 24 is not as fun as 79 to 78. I had that on the radio starting out uh, with my broadcasting career coming out of college. Uh, I was doing play-by-play for uh, WSKW, and I was assigned Monmouth Madison Girls at Madison, and I was supposed to have a partner do the game with me. They didn't show up, so I did the game solo. And when I say solo, the scoring was so low. I I think it was, I think the final was 22, 20 or 24, 22 or something like that. There's this stretch, the final, like 10 seconds of, I think Monmouth trying to score a game time basket. And it's a shot offensive rebound, put back offensive rebound, put back. And the whole time I'm, you know, I mean, I'm hyped up because it's the end of this game and it's close and the people care, but the subtext behind everything I'm saying is, please, dear Jesus, do not let this ball go in. Invent a foul against uh, whoever was trailing. I think it was one, but just please let this end. Nobody wants to see this game go to overtime. Sure enough, last rebound goes out of bounds. Madison ball, time runs out. It's like, oh. Yes. You're just begging for someone to get on, a, yes. on an odd number. Like, there. like a, because I'm solo and I've run out of water and B because this was, this is a perfect example of not all good games are close and not all close games are good. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of like the, you're,
0: that's a version of the vinyl Haven parents who were like, this game can't go another overtime. because so we got to get on the ferry. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but, you're, but you're like, I'm out of water. I, I got nothing <laughs> left, man. I I am
1: out of fun things to say and, about this hey, game. All credit to the girls out there; they they were trying really hard. It's just sometimes everybody's seen enough, <laughs> and, and in that particular game, <laughs> we had all seen enough.
0: When I was doing um, when I was doing broadcasting for uh, in college, the SID um, or maybe his assistants or somebody, they came up with what they call the misery index, the misery rating, which is um total fouls plus total turnovers in the game and they would track that for every game and so you know some days we just go over halftime we're like so how are we looking on that they're like oh it's not, it's not good because <laughs> you get some of those and you're just like oh my god will someone just make a shot just yeah. please make a shot yeah stop kicking the ball into the stands for the love of god <laughs>
1: And those are the games where the parents are yelling the most or yelling yeah. the
0: loudest. Oh, yeah. They're the most angry. And it's yeah. definitely the ref's fault that their yeah. kid keeps kicking the
1: ball into the stands. Girl, go, yeah, like, a, a, doesn't matter, guy or girl goes down yeah. to the floor. And the parents go, How do you think they got there? <laughs> it's like, because they've got three left feet, dude. Like, <laughs> what do you want? It's like, Are you unfamiliar with your child? R- right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they are not the most coordinated person in the world. I hate to break it to you. So, right. how did you get into um, how did you get into going from broadcasting to being the um, public address announcer and doing that? Because you do that for MCI, right? And yep. for UMaine.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it actually I started with P. Well, okay, I started with broadcasting in high school, and then when I got up to Nescom, um, I was I was asked by uh, Shane Graham. He was the John Baptist baseball coach at the time. He sent me a message. He's like, "Hey." You know, you're at Husson now, or you're at Nescom, and we play our games at Husson. You know, are you interested in doing some PA? Because I, I guess he knew that I did some PA for uh, MCI or maybe Wooden Bat League and in, uh, in Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, he reached out, and asked why I wanted to do PA. And I'm like, well, you know, God, I've never really done. I I, I don't have a lot of experience. Uh, it, it's kind of an intimidating job. Uh, I know, you know, Reed DeRoss is here on campus. Uh, You know, have you reached out to him? About a month later, you know, I still see this message, you know, sitting in my inbox. And I just go, damn it, Stacks, just grow a set, would you? And like, try this on. So I, I send him a message again, like, hey, is that job miraculously still open? He's like, yeah, dude, I was waiting for you to message me back for it. I'm like, okay, all right, I guess I'll try it. Uh, so, yeah, I did PA announcing alongside like the broadcasting stuff. And, you know, that John Baps gig led to um, me getting replaced without me knowing because I don't think the like a new AD came in at Baps. I think it was Rick Sinclair, actually. And I don't think he knew that I was doing PA. So then he hired uh, Reed okay. a few years into that. So you're um, saying that Reed snaked your job. This is what I'm yes, hearing. Yes. Uh, to me getting shady. the old town baseball job. Okay. And their first game was against John (laughs) Babst. They smoked Old Town. But Dave Utterback was the Old Town coach. He was also the chair of the Maine Baseball Coaches Association. So when it came time to get a PA announcer for the uh, senior all-star game, he hired me. That was up at UMaine. Steve Trimper, the Maine baseball coach at the time, walks up to the press box, offers me their, their baseball PA gig, and then... That snowballs into doing soccer and hockey and basketball and slowly taking over the UMaine campus in addition to doing MCI and then eventually Brewer when uh, Utterback moved over there. And uh, so I I owe, you know, Shane Graham and Dave Utterback probably the most for getting the PA announcing part of my career jump started.
0: Do you prefer that to uh, broadcasting and doing play by play?
1: Initially, I did because, uh, you know, as a as an announcer, you know, even if it's at like the cross center when I'm visible to everybody, nobody's like paying attention to me. They're all you know, they'll listen to what I say. And, you know, I mean, my voice is a lot better than my looks. So I don't have to worry about, you know, looking great for a camera or anything. Uh, But as you know, as time has gone on and I've kind of settled into this uh, broadcaster gig. Uh, I am much more comfortable uh, doing everything I do with Rocket League now and just mm-hmm. esports in general uh, because it's just, you know, it's something that you build up over time, especially the uh, the confidence aspect of it. And, right. you know, once I did it for a little while and I wasn't deemed too ugly for the camera, it's like, okay, well, if they're not going to fire me based on my looks, then I guess I got a shot at this.
0: Yeah, that's so much of it is confidence. Um, and because when I did it in college and I haven't done it in – 20 years um it was those first couple you're like i don't think i know what i'm doing yeah. but it's college
1: and they're like well you're the only one who wants to do it so you and this other guy and, and then you get the and, and with esports it, it's even I, I think it's worse getting started out like if you like the first few times you're like in front of a real audience you know starting out in esports a lot of times you might work in front of you know, five viewers on a Twitch stream or something, you know, you're doing some really small time event, there are five viewers, there's actually only one person in the chat that's interested at all in this, Uh, maybe there's friends and family, you know, just there's not a lot, but when I started out, uh, you know, the streams I was on were, you know, hundreds of viewers, sometimes thousands if like the, the more popular pros were playing in that tournament, and so You know, you find out real quickly when there's a chat right there on the screen, Mm -hmm. uh, where people can react to what you're saying and doing in real time. You find out real quick whether or not you have, you know, the the fortitude for it. If you have thick enough skin, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, fortunately, I survived that part of it, and you know, I made it enough of a strong first impression, I guess, that people started kind of liking it. And as that went on, it. You know, everything just kind of snowballed into you know a few years into it, finally getting like a a proper studio gig, and that's kind of ballooned into all of this. Do you? Is there a rule of thumb with like because in blogging they and in like
0: writing articles and stuff like that, the rule is don't read the comments. <laughs> yes,
1: because nothing good happens in the comments. Yeah, is um, there the same thing with the chat.
0: Yeah, rule should I not one, have the chat up right now?
1: Rule number one, I don't have the chat up right now, no, but rule number they're one, yelling, they're yelling at you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, do as I say, not as I do, because, uh, you know, I will tell new casters all the time, uh, you know, don't pay attention to what chat is saying. There's a whole bunch of NPCs in the chat. They, you know, they're going to tell you a lot of things. They're going to say they they dislike everything you say and do. If you say something stupid, they're going to ride you for it for a good five minutes. Um it doesn't matter. What matters is that you are constantly growing and improving, especially when you're starting out. Um, but then, what do I do? I absolutely have the chat up all the time, and you know, when I see, you know, when I make like a, a funny little quip, I, I, you know, I have to wait like ten seconds for the delay, and I look at the chat, and then I see, you know, lol, 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 and I'm like, okay, cool, that 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 didn't go over like a fart in church. So I guess we we want a few more over. Well, Um,
0: when you're starting, it's probably pretty distracting to be able to look at the thing while you're talking and trying to figure out what's going on in front of you and remembering people's names. Mm -hmm. Um, That was always the hard part for me was remembering the names of the opposing team and not getting them all mixed up. And then learning
1: how to pronounce them was a whole different question. I mean, fortunately for for Rocket League, it's very simple. It's three on three. Uh, Do I have my notebook? I do. Can I reach it? Yes. Even better. Look at that. You know, I I mean, I just keep all my notes. I mean, you're not going to be able to read this, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, you know, like this is uh, Columbia College versus UT Arlington. I've got, you know, Cam, Cosmic and Cryptic, uh, Adverse, Nava, Samba, and I just mark, you know, goal assist, goal assist, uh, the score of each game along here, and then any notes like, you know, what am I throwing to at the end of the match? You know, am I throwing to a desk? Am I throwing to a break with this match coming up? Whatever. Any notes about... I mean, that's Collegiate Rocket League. So I'll try and write down some things about college traditions at each school or just anything about the teams in general. But, I mean, it can all just be contained, whether it's CRL or RLCS. It could be contained on, you know, this little uh, – on either page of this. It's, You know, Rocket League is very simple like that. I am thankful that it's very simple because I've done a few games with Eastern Maine Sports doing basketball and football, and I'm like – Oh, football's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, if I had to make my living doing those, uh, I wouldn't have this house. I'd be living in a box uh, somewhere on Main Street. So I, um, I
0: did football some, and it's so hard to keep track of like the linebackers and everything that's going on. And basketball, it's just like you can always just rely on who has the ball, which is yeah, a nice thing to yeah. fall back on. Okay, so I am not a gamer at all. Mm-hmm. I played uh, Bond on the sixty four. And I played Mario Kart, and um, I spent half a semester trying to beat Quackshot on the Sega Genesis. So, <laughs> which yeah, was okay. really hard. You were really exposing yourself. Which was really hard because you couldn't save anything. And you had so, if you died, you just died and you had to start the whole thing over again because that's how old I am. Um, so, explain Rocket League to me because I have no idea what it is.
1: Okay. So Rocket League, first of all, keep in mind everything I'm saying, it's a video game. Right. It's yeah, uh, that part I get. Yeah. It's <laughs> rocket-powered. I mean, so it's supersonic, acrobatic, rocket-powered battle cars playing soccer in a dome. Rocket powered, they can fly, they can run into so, each other, they can demolish the opponent, take them off the field for like three seconds. Uh, you get boost, you fly around, but ultimately It is kind of a soccer hockey hybrid. Uh the game mode that's primarily played, we call it soccer because it's soccer with cars. Imagine. Um, but if you were to watch like a wide-angle view of the field, like Mm -hmm. especially off from the side, it would very much look like hockey, except it's hockey with no goalie. You know, there's no dedicated goalie. You know, the usually you play 3v3 everybody kind of rotates around and it's just, you know, the ball's whipping back and forth, uh, especially at higher levels. Uh, it can, I mean, you can literally score from your own back wall all the way down to the other end in the blink of an eye, it can move that quickly. And you almost have to shut your brain off at the pro level to just read and react to everything. And, uh, When I first discovered it, it was May of 2015. They were just coming out of beta. It was free for a month on PlayStation Plus. I was actually renting the upstairs of the house I now own uh, from an old lady that used to live here. Mm -hmm. And um, I just kind of put it off and put it off. You know, a couple of friends told me, hey, this Rocket League thing is kind of cool. And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, but it looks kind of weird. And I just didn't think I'd be good at it. Right. Finally, near the end of the month, downloaded it and it became my obsession for the rest of 2015. Uh, Like I was playing a lot of MLB, the show at the time. I dropped the show and I'm just like, I'm just playing Rocket League now. And for the next year, just I might have played three other games the entire rest of the year. It was just, it was all Rocket League all the time. Just instantly got hooked on it. And I did the thing that. You know, every kid does when they're playing basketball in their driveway. You know, they, they just start doing commentary on their own game, and mm-hmm. everybody's probably done it when they play Madden or Two K. Um, you know, you just kind of start doing your own commentary, and it's like, yeah, I did go to school for this, right? Might yeah, as well, at least see if there are any opportunities to do it. You're like, I do have this degree, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe and, I should use it a little bit. Yeah, you know, like, I'm I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. I might as well get something out of it, and. <laughs> right. Uh the opportunity kind of presented itself in uh like the spring of 2016. And that's when, you know, I got a, a gig doing online tournaments and built up enough of a reputation that we just kept going and going and going and parlayed that into a studio show into finally just on the other side of the pandemic uh, or just on the other side of 2020. I mean, we're not really out of it yet. Yeah, we're still but. in the pandemic um but you know the the height of it um i was in poland working on a show and the director of esports at the time had a video call with me he's like so you can't tell anybody until like the fall but you're going up to the main broadcast sweet and the first thing i did Was I went to all my friends and go, hey, so you can't tell anybody, (laughs) but like, yes, I'm going up.
0: (laughs) Nice. So do you start by just doing it like on Twitch or something like that? Just for yourself?
1: Yeah. I mean, there there were a lot more opportunities to get started in it when I was getting into it than there are now. Or at least there are a lot more high-profile opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, now what I tell people when – because, you know, every month or so, I'll get a message like, hey, stacks, you know. First of all, love what you do. Uh, I want to do this. How do I get started? And, you know, I tell them the best thing you can do is just go do it. Um, When I was putting together like a demo reel, just five minutes of doing play-by-play, I literally loaded up a bots game and just did commentary over it. I think I still have it like as an unlisted video somewhere on YouTube where, you know, that's what I sent in to uh, to it when I was trying to get hired mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, then I would also take like a tournament of uh, VOD of a tournament or something and uh, record myself doing play-by-play over that and kind of critique that and see what I thought sounded good, what I thought sounded bad and just kind of worked on it from there. And so what I tell people to do now is exactly that record yourself doing it Figure out what you like, what you don't like, what needs to improve, and just always keep improving. Because you, you have to unfortunately, you have to come to like the sound of your own voice to, yeah. to do this and go far in it. Uh, and it's something that still happens now. Like you even if we go do like the grand final of one of the North American regionals, and you think, okay, well, boy, that was that was a cool broadcast. There's a great opportunity there's still something that I screwed up somewhere and there's something to learn about. There's there, there've got to be ways to like vary my vocabulary or, (laughs) you know, find even more ways to say the same thing so that it doesn't get repetitive. Don't constantly fall into just doing straight play by play, like try to add some insight and some color and kind of have a conversation with your co-caster and all that. It's constantly evolving. You know, I mean, none of us are to the point where we're like, uh, you know, Joe Buck or Jim Nance. Right. So there's always room to keep kind of raising the ceiling. Well, if nothing else, you
0: can listen to it and go, you know, I really I say really a lot, like a really, really lot. Or or you fall on not even that, because that's kind of an obvious one. Or you just fall on, you know, a thing that isn't quite a catchphrase, but it's not. Mm -hmm. You're still saying it a lot. And you catch that sort of stuff. And
1: the best thing that ever happened to me, I was on the rival series and um, uh, our talent manager, uh, JC should go, she would go by Gillyweed and she would, um, she would meet with us every week and give us, you know, what she liked about the broadcast, what she thought needed improvement. She would ask you, Hey, what do you you know when you said this, what were you thinking about there? And that was the nice way of going. You're an idiot. And I'm like, got it. Um, And she would, especially, I think there were three or four of us, she would print out uh, like a a thesaurus uh, entry. And she would say, you know, what's the word that you feel like you use way too much? Let's find different ways to use that word or describe that action. And a bunch of us benefited from that. It was, it was, a season and a half where she really went hard on helping us improve, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: Did you ever do like a word cloud sort of thing
1: where you're like, oh, I yeah, see it. I kind mean, not, of bigger. Yeah, not not actively, but that was kind of the concept where it's like find different ways to say this and just expand your vocabulary, even if it sounds really weird. Just say it a couple times and yeah. then don't rely on that as the crutch cuz that's exactly what would happen i'd come up with a new way to describe you know the ball being sent around the corner i'd say you know wrapped around the boards well then i would say wrapped around the boards wrapped around the boards wrapped around the boards it would just and i would notice it and i would just kind of go you know i'd mute myself and just kind of go uh, <laughs> and eventually fix it but you notice it enough times and i know that if i notice it then Somebody else is noticing it. Right. And so it's just something that you kind of got to learn to correct on the fly.
0: Yeah. And that whole, like, you know, just learning, do it, learn by doing it. It's the same thing in film. You know, whenever you talk to a filmmaker, they go, just pick up your camera on your phone. It's not the eighties. You don't have to go get film stock developed. You have a 4k camera on your phone probably and editing software that's free and just figure it out and you will learn 1800 mistakes that you've made and your first
1: like 10 will be terrible. Yeah. And and you have to be your own critic because Mm. what invariably happens, it happened all the time. And and I'm guilty of this too. I'll do a broadcast with someone and, you know, afterwards, whether it was good or not, let's go, Hey, good job. And then we'll just kind of go our separate ways. Uh, And it was funny because we've had some people come in from other, like outside of Rocket League, and they'll ask, like, so, like, do we do a post mort after this? No, nope. No, we just kind of disperse. We, uh, you know, go to all the different directions of the wind and call no, it a day. We go to the bar. But, but, you know, in professional broadcasting, yeah, you kind of do mm-hmm. kind of post mort critique how the broadcast went and, what ends up happening is we just kind of do that amongst ourselves. We don't really involve our co-caster unless maybe we're like a long time duo. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, if I have what I feel like is a good broadcast, but my broadcast partner struggles, I don't, I don't know how to approach them and go, yeah, you kind of sucked. Hey, let's, um, you know, let's try this, this, and this next time. It's just, it's tough to have that conversation and without sounding like a jerk. So, right. you know, I, occasionally I'll I'll offer some advice if I think somebody's struggling and and you know, we're working together quite a bit, but you know, I I don't want to step out of my lane per se. Right. Do you are you looking to do other esports
0: broadcasting or is it like a specialty thing? I don't I don't know how this how it works at all.
1: Yeah, you definitely can. Um, you know, when I when I signed on with uh, Character Select Agency, they they'd wanted me to try and explore doing sports titles, and uh, you know I, I was you know and I had a few contacts that I probably could have turned into gigs. Um, you know, I think I probably could have done maybe some NBA Two K or Madden stuff. It's just finding time to do that while still mm-hmm. being kind of on call for Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And I just never took that leap. Basically, yeah. You know, I I think I think now, if I were to do anything with different titles, it would be more like stage hosting stuff and you know event emceeing. Basically, uh, I I don't know that I could pick up play by play for say Valorant or uh, Mario Kart or any of these. It, it would be it would be very tough, and it would also be very tough to to establish yourself there because there are so right. many people now that have already been doing it and, and breaking in kind of feels like you're, you're almost trying to rip a job away from somebody. Uh, I know I would hate it if that happened to me. So, you know, it's just, uh, I'm too much of a goody two shoes or uh, too much of a nice guy, I guess, to and really you prob- seek
0: that out. And it sounds like you got in on like really early.
1: Yeah. Very early. I, I think, If anybody wanted to make it to the level that the current main RLCS cast is at right now, they would have to work incredibly hard to do so. Whereas, I mean, a lot of the guys that are there now got in literally on the ground floor. You know, they were Mm -hmm. just doing some community tournaments and the first season of RLCS came around and, you know, Twitch was in charge of it at the time. And and I think Golden Boy was doing uh, some of the, uh, some of the, talent selections or whoever was doing them. And there's kind of pick like, Hey, you do commentary. You sound okay. Let's go. A lot of them are still there now. So what was the process
0: in bringing all of this to MCI? Cause you're working with MCI to do
1: esports there. And I think you're working with some other people like the community colleges. Uh, not, I'm not working directly with the community colleges as much. Uh, I'm, I'm available as a coach's liaison for the Main Principals Association. I'm on the state's eSports committee. But Ooh, look at what you. really started all of this You're all was, in with the MPA. I, I am, yes. Uh, <laughs> not nearly as, as much as you might like, because I, I don't have any influence on basketball. But Can you uh, fix
0: classification? <laughs>
1: uh, you know what? If eSports ever goes to uh, classes, then I can help you there. But oh, uh, otherwise, nice. no, I can't really uh, I can't influence anything there. I had to ask. Yeah. yeah. You, the worst thing that happens is somebody tells you no. Exactly. I've heard no a lot when it comes to eSports. Um, so in 2019, you know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I'm at a swim meet for MCI. And our AD at the time, Jim Leonard, uh, just kind of corners me in the hallway and goes, uh, Hey, you're, you're, you're into this eSports stuff, yeah? I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Yes. Good. It's coming. The MPA is going to have it next year. I guarantee it. You're going to be my coach.
0: I'm
1: like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Thanks for letting
1: me know. Yeah. It's like, sure. It's, you know, do just about everything else uh, when Jim calls and asks. So sure. And, yeah, and so sure enough, then, you know, 2020 comes around. The whole world goes to hell. And, uh, you know, we really start hearing it throughout the spring and summer of 2020. Like, well, gee, we're probably not going to have football. We mm-hmm. might have soccer. We're certainly not going to have the indoor sports. So this might be the only show in town because we just do it. For, you do it from home. You can do it from home. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we uh, the MPA. Got, uh, got a partnership going with PlayVS, and they have state and regional leagues. And we started out – I wish I could find the photo. I'm sure I could with a little bit of effort. We started out in the fall of 2020 with uh, a room on the ground floor of the math science building. And I kid you not, we had three desks. That had like the the monitor built into the desk, like you flip, you know, pull mm-hmm. like a lever and it flips. And the computers we were using, honest to God, this is more powerful than those pieces of junk. I think they would have thought about running Excel. They were that bad. There's like these <laughs> Lenovo Think Tank things, and we tried playing Rocket League on them. I think we did like a practice where we got 20 we got the game to run by some miracle at like 25 frames per second. Ooh. I'm like, well, this sucks. And I'm thinking, okay, so how how in the world are we going to get this I mean, I can't ask the school, "Hey, school, give me $5,000 to buy a bunch of PCs." Right. Well, I had built up enough money and saved up enough money through Rocket League stuff, especially uh, after 2020. You know, 2021 was a very good year for broadcasting, especially without having all the travel stuff, uh, all the travel costs. Oh, yeah. So, so you,
0: you were still doing it virtually in 2021.
1: Yeah. So I literally just went to Best Buy and got, I think, seven PCs by the end of the year just out of my own pocket and just like... Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here, here's Stax's latest tax deduction. Go, um, and that's what we've been using basically. And you know, I, I think over over the past three years now, we've probably, I say we, I have probably put a good ten, twelve thousand into the program wow. to get it off the ground. And now, finally, I feel like we are off the ground. The school fully supports it. You know, they they just uh, ponied up for the unlimited plan for us, so we don't have to worry about paying per player or per team or anything. We just mm-hmm. we're set now through the end of next school year. We have all the equipment we need, and it's like, yes, we've made it. So
0: Did you broadcast those games too, or do you just? No,
1: them? no, it's, it's tough because uh, there are a lot of schools that have a lot of interesting philosophies on what should and should not be allowed to go through their networks. And for some reason, oh, yeah. on the MCI networks, we can't get onto Twitch. Like we can go physically to twitch.tv <laughs> and browse, but when it comes time to actually load a stream, none of them stream or none of them load because of some network setting. Mm. Um, but YouTube, you can watch just fine. Uh, the only the only things I've done for main esports as far as broadcasting goes, uh, I broadcasted the 2021 spring final, I think. It was Deerigo and Mount Ararat, I think. Or Mount, uh, yeah, Mount Ararat. Uh, I just literally set it up. At, at my computer, came up with a crappy little overlay. there were some graphics on there mm-hmm. and broadcast the games. And this past fall at the we finally had our first live eSports championship. who was at CMCC and I basically did what I do now for Rocket League events. I was just kind of an MC for the start of the show, you know, so I showed up with you know the the white suit, the white hat, all it's stuff that I got work. down in Fort Worth at the uh, at the World Championship. I definitely looked like a pimp. Um, <laughs> and just introduced all the players and the teams. And we won the uh, Smash Brothers uh, Championship. And then I had to leave. Like, I was able to introduce the Rocket League teams because they were playing second. And then mm-hmm. I had to leave because one of our smash players had a flight leaving in like two hours. So we had to book it down to Portland to get him on his plane to go away for the holidays. Wow. Um, So uh, you know, this time around, I don't think we're going to have anything like that because the final is like April 29th and there's no pressing need to fly anybody home. So in theory, I should be able to do like the whole day and, you know, do a proper hosting job for it and looking forward to it. Cool. All
0: right. So let's pivot to, um, to you, Maine, because it's, okay. it's the madness. Um, mm-hmm. so you're at every home game, right? Most of them. Yeah. Most of them. So you've got pro and you, so you have a pretty good idea. Let's talk about the humane men because they famously have never been to the tournament. Um, but according to Ken Palm, they're only a couple ticks away from Fairleigh Dickinson now. <laughs> Which, so next year it could be them. You never know. They right. could be the 16 seed. You know, winning over everyone's heart.
1: Right. Well, I, I, I mean, you never know, especially now with with men's basketball. Anybody who scores 15 points in a game suddenly enters the uh, transfer portal immediately yeah. after the season ends. So, I mean, you know, your starting five is not set until you get everybody on campus. Uh, I I love. This group that we have at Maine now, I'm kind of sad that I'm I'm pretty sure Getty doesn't have any more eligibility. Because man, imagine watching him for another year—be mm-hmm. crazy, alongside like uh, Clayton and Tynes and um, and whatever other bigs that they're able to bring in. Mm-hmm. And that has been a fun, fun team to watch. I I wish like Jashante had come in maybe a year or two later so that he had a little more eligibility as well. Because again. This group has been so fun to watch, and now, finally, you know, you've got Mark Wood at the helm, and boy, oh boy, what a breath of fresh air for a program that has just been struggling and struggling to get out of the basement of America East, and you could just tell he knows what he's doing. He's, he's got it all figured out. The whole team loves him. And they're willing to play hard for this guy. And he's obviously got the connections. You know, you, you can sometimes tell when a school has kind of hired the guy. Mm-hmm. They've hired the guy at Maine.
0: I've noticed a lot more chatter in the national press about him. And like way more than probably the five years prior combined. When they, they hired him, everyone was like, oh, this is a great hire. We all like him. We actually know who this is things like that, but like, what sort of things have been, have felt different? Is it just a sense of, you know, confidence and
1: there, I mean, you, you go back to the start of the season and some of the wins they were able to pull off and even some of the games, you know, I, I hate to fall into the trap of calling out quality losses, but there are games that in the past decade would be 20, 30 point losses that turn into five point wins. Mm-hmm. 10 point wins games that you know you'll watch like the top of america east come in whether it's vermont or umbc or whoever and by halftime you know the coach is kind of leaning at the table chatting with us you know <laughs> yeah you, know, you guys uh you, know, like, you guys watch this all year like, <laughs> like yeah yeah coach we do Uh but now you know we get to send psychopaths like Duquette into a, a raging frenzy when we beat them because he can't believe that Maine is able to play with and beat Lowell. And, uh, you know, used to be like uh, Will Brown's punching bag when Albany would come into town. And now, you know, all of a sudden, Albany is in a much different spot. Uh, you know, we're able to beat, I, I think at one point we beat the top of America East twice in a row. I think it was Lowell was at the top, beat them, Binghamton then took the top spot, and we turn around and beat them. And it's like, okay, well, these are games we lose by forty in the past. This is kind of
0: fun now. Yeah, that's always helpful. It's never good. It's never a good sign when the table says, "Yeah, I don't think you guys have to worry about winning this game."
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I feel really bad. I missed the uh, I missed the Bryant game, senior night, and. I mean, the, the football team showed up to, you know, all the games coming down the stretch at the pit. And we had, we had just Grasso and Bryant just fuming, like clearly got under their skin because there's no atmosphere like the pit anywhere else in America East. And especially for Bryant to come in, you know, very new to the conference and see that for the first time. Like they, they didn't play with that at any time. Uh, in the conference they used to play in, nobody has that in America East with just, you know, imagine uh, how big a football team is in the first place. And they're Mm -hmm. standing right over you as you walk out off the court. Oh, it's, I mean, it's not, trust me, it's not Cameron indoor, but boy, it's about the closest you can get in the Northeast. Yeah. And
0: there's a lot to be said for that in terms of translating to on the court stuff, you know? Yeah. It can, oh, yeah. it can throw it, you a
1: little bit. It doesn't take oh, much. It absolutely something. threw teams, especially early on, you know, when we would host like the, uh, we'd host the semifinals because, you know, we couldn't host it at the cross center because, uh, bull riding was taking over there, <laughs> load me into a cannon and shoot me into the sun. But, uh, we would have to host the semifinals at the pit. Albany would come in or Hartford or whoever would come in and they were not ready at all. You, especially the first few games we had there, you couldn't hear yourself think. And I know that's cliche, it's overstated. No, you cannot hear a damn thing when that place is rocking.
0: I played some high school games where it in some tiny, 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 tiny gyms where it would get so loud that I would have to scream at my brother from like six inches away just to be
1: heard. Yeah. So I can imagine it was probably something like that. And I'm surprised the women are as successful at home as they are. Amy is not loud. <laughs> she like she is not a, a very loud, boisterous presence. She struggles to get her team's attention when that place is rocking. But then so does the other team. Right. And at least we're used to it. Yeah, at least she has They're some not, practice. We, we play a dozen games or so every year in it. So we know. But, man, other teams come in and they are lost. All right, so give me
0: a prediction for the bo- for the for the boys for the men for next year. Like, oh boy, what God, do you think? Gee, I mean, that's good. put you on the spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything it's should be. We,
0: what- we can cut this out if you're way off.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's all going to come down to you know which fifth or sixth year transfer comes in from you know East Des Moines Community College, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine that next year if the men don't host a quarterfinal i think i would be very surprised you know and that a lot of that hinges on you know Tynes maybe coming back and and jaden clayton being a great one two punch there and you know keeping the size i've got adding to it i i feel like with a coach like mark wood there's only just this natural progression forward that i'm very confident that we're going to see that team Host a quarterfinal, so top four in America East, and from there, I mean, however long Tynes and Clayton want to hang around, they're not seniors, so at that point, kind of go as far as they'll take us. Do you think we could? They could get into the Big Dance in the next five years. I think can get the Big Dance in the next three. Oh wow, that'd be something. Yeah.
0: We could be the 16 seed.
1: I, I I would be very surprised if it happened next year. Okay. I'd be a little less surprised if it happened in two years, but it wouldn't be like, whoo, nobody saw this coming. But within three years,
0: yes. That would be very cool. All right, so the women, how do the women look? They lost in, I'm going to try to remember this correctly, the semifinals? Yes, they went oh. down
1: to Albany, or excuse me, Hudson Valley Community College, because I guess uh, Sefke Arena was undergoing renovations. So they had to play all their home games at HVCC, whatever that court just looks like an abomination. It I can't works. believe an actual basketball team plays there, but it looks hideous on,
0: uh, whatever I watched. I watched it, does. Uh, it, it felt like
1: it, it felt like you kind of hollowed out an old YMCA and just like stuck some seats in there. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're going to, they're going to miss Ann, uh, But then, I mean, I said they're going to miss Dor and they're going to miss Maeve and they're going to miss Blanca. And all they've done every year is reload. And, you know, I think this was actually, even though they didn't win the America East Conference, this is probably one of Amy's most impressive coaching jobs because they had to play so long without Ann. You Mm -hmm. know, we lost Ann Simon. She had that, uh, there was a knee injury and then had had to play Albany, granted, at home without her. And all of a sudden, you know, this firecracker named Adriana Smith pops up and she just takes over the season. And she'd kind of done that already, but that was the game. I think we found out just how good she really is. And, you know, again, transfer portal be damned. You hope that she hangs around and, and kind of stays there because they need her to stay. Um You know, he gets a lot of great contributions out of like Olivia Rockwood. JC Christopher had an outstanding season. Um, You've got a a good core there that on paper, you'll look at and go, okay, mid to high America East, probably you you expect them to be somewhere in the top four. And then because of Amy Vashon, they'll end up in contention for the number one seed.
0: Mm -hmm. And then it's then it's the one and done crap shoot.
1: Right. Yeah. And then you go into the tournament and you know, you, you get as high, you, you try to go as high as you can so that you can play as many games in the pit as you, as you possibly can, because that, that place has been worth a lot of points. What was I going to say? I had a good question for you. Okay.
0: So let's get your prediction for them for next year. Do you think they win the thing? Do you think they win the, win the
1: tournament? Let's see. Trying to remember who all is like almost certainly coming back. Right. The transfer portal is not as active on the women's side, right? Right. I, mean, I would assume that. Right. It, it doesn't seem like it is. But then again, it just gets covered less, unfortunately. Yeah, there's also that. Um, I, he- I
0: hear that's Adam Robinson's fault.
1: Yeah, probably. I saw, some, yeah.
0: I saw some commenters saying that it was his fault that yeah. things were going badly previously. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. Come on, BDN, like with, with all like three of your people, cover more. <laughs> I don't even work there.
0: <laughs> I'm um,
1: not even, don't count me. Uh, that's I, true. Yeah. You know, just, two and a half. I just uh, make some videos
0: before the games and write some columns to try to piss people off.
1: Yeah. I, I would, again, just because I expect that. Amy Vashon could coach a bunch of 8th graders to at least a home quarterfinal in America East. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they should be in contention for the top seed again just no matter who they have as long as they have like Addy there. And from there it's just a matter of can they win the games they're supposed to. Uh which is, you know, against most of America East. I think the basement of America East is rising a little bit like some of the some of the really bad teams out there that we've just never cared about in the past or at least respectable now and they can go on runs like a UMBC that team was not particularly good but they had you know uh, I can't remember her name now but their their point guard who I mean she was like the Kellan of of the women's side you know she would have just a ton of steals and if you weren't sure handed with the basketball out front just have active hands and and make it a game. Um, If they're not in the top two, I think I would be very surprised and they would definitely have a legitimate shot at going to the dance again, going to the dance
0: and maybe making some noise. Yeah. When was the last time the women won a game in the, in the dance? Oh, in the tournament. Uh, Would that have been the Stanford
1: upset? That sounds right. When was that? It was the 90s, I think. I know
0: Blodgett. I mean, it. I know they've
1: been since, but I, I don't think they were beating anybody.
0: I thought they won in the early 2000s. I thought they beat somebody in the early 2000s.
1: Yeah, I, I, if they did, I can't remember. And unfortunately, I'm not much of a main basketball historian. Uh, yeah. You know, my my knowledge of main basketball really goes down to uh, – I watched an America East championship game sometime in the 90s at my grandparents' house. I couldn't tell you who they played. I just know they won it. And after that, you know, I'm a kid. I didn't have the capacity to care. And then right. uh, when they hired Richard Barron, um, they had a uh, an open audition for the women's basketball PA job. Five of us or four of us showed up. We all sucked. Nobody even got a call back. Uh, they hired Brett or Brent something, the guy that does uh, play-by-play for MPBN. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had to say his name, so it just – it eludes me how to say his last name. Cheever, um, right? Dave Cheever? No, 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 no. Brett uh, Solakowski or something like that. Oh. Um, and then that first season, the women's team, they'd won two games – and I got called in to do, they were still playing at Alphond Arena because Bangor Auditorium still existed. Right. And so Brett was doing um, play-by-play for MPBN. They called me to do the game up at Alphond. It's their pink game against Vermont. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up taking over the job because I think I ended up doing the women's games full-time this season after. Uh they, oh, I'm being told, 99 over Stanford. i seeing the last chat, only yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris um, Lesnar
0: and RJ Robertson are letting us know it's 99. Yeah,
1: perfect. Uh, so, yeah, I show up and do that game. The team's won two games all year. Uh Vermont's number 14 scores. Couldn't tell you who it was. I go, Michael Gustafson. I look down at the roster. Damn it, that's R14. And I just wanted to die. <laughs> um, but game goes on. We have this, these, uh, I think they were both freshmen at the time. Liz Wood and uh, Lauren Bodine just go off. I think Bodine set or tied the school record for threes in a game. Um, it was their pink game. They had the, the big gimmick was, you know, they, they had, uh, they were trying to raise a bunch of money and if they raised a certain amount, Richard Barron was going to have his head shaved at half court. Nice. Bear in mind, I don't know anything for certain, but based on what I was told, There's no way in hell we came anywhere close to actually reaching the donation goal. Baron comes, takes the mic after we beat Vermont. Thanks, everybody, for being there. Thanks the seniors. And thanks, everybody, for their generous donations. We reached our goal. And by God, they brought the chair out, and he shaved his head. (laughs) And I'm like, at that point, I just kind of knew, like, man, there's a different culture here. And this guy is actually just winning over all the fans. Yeah. Then they had their bus accident. They didn't play in the Americans tournament because of that bus accident. And then the next year, the turnaround started. Very cool. So, All right, right, so That's have... my, that's where my knowledge of Maine women's basketball starts from there.
0: Gotcha. So we've got four minutes left before Mackenzie Holmes tips off. And yes. I feel like that's when we lose our entire audience. Of course. Um, so I'm going to throw in a, throw a thing at you. You are, they put you in charge of the MPA for one day. Oh, we're all screwed. One day, you can do whatever
1: you want. Go. Uh, We have a shot clock uh, because we magically come up with the money for everybody to actually have one and and staff it. Um, The the sports are more closely officiated the way college games are, almost across the board, uh, but especially (laughs) basketball. Like yes, uh-huh. you can you can catch the ball and and set your stance without it being a travel, uh, as long as you're not doing the Kendrick Perkins you know fourteen step travel, um, you know just just little things like that, Uh just streamline the whole experience and and make it, I mean, it is entertainment at the end of the day. People right. are not paying. 10 bucks ahead to go into the cross center during tourney time or even more, whatever it is now just to watch children have this great educational experience. They want to see their team beat the other team's ass and they at least want to see an athletic sporting event. Uh, and it I is think that's true at the end across of the, day. the board. And so, you know, I, I think you, you play up the entertainment aspect of that. I don't know that you can really extend seasons because everything's so tight and, you know, the way uh, schedules are, schools are, the the layout of the state, it's really tough. But if I can get even just a little bit more power, I consolidate a lot more schools, mm. um, which I know kills some local rivalries. But uh, I think I read somewhere that like the uh, the school district of Houston has as many students K through 12 as the entire state of Maine, and they have one superintendent i don't think we need you know all these different districts as close as they are to be their own entity i think we can start merging some high schools merging some districts and maybe come up with uh you know just bigger talent pools in general and maybe grow the games just a little bit more
0: yeah i mean that's probably inevitable just in terms of budgeting and things like that yeah yeah you know, some of that's gonna happen no matter what. There's if you go to Frank Spanky, there's just a long list of schools yep. that no longer exist. Yeah. You know, like down here we have George's Valley and Rockland. No,
1: not a thing anymore. Right.
0: Now it's ocean. Yeah, and you Society. don't have
1: Jay and Livermore Falls anymore. And yep. You know, the, the one I'm shocked that hasn't happened, you know, Stearns and Skank. And they're I think they're starting to do some co-op stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when should happen? MCI Nekomas. You know. Two schools seven miles apart, for crying out loud. I mean, I think it's inevitable that at some point, one school is going to merge into the other. And, you know, it could be 10 years from now. It could be 20 years from now. But I think eventually that's going to happen. And God help us all when the entire Waterville area decides, you know what? I'm tired of Thornton Academy being the biggest school. That's just Waterville, (laughs) Winslow, Meso, just. Lawrence is right there. Yeah, Lawrence as well. Erskine, just bring them all in. Bring them all in. Temple can be its own thing. It's fine. (laughs) All right. Well, that is our
0: time. Uh, Where can people find you?
1: Oh, just about everywhere. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Twitch.TV at StaxRL, S-T-A-X-R-L. You find me at Main Baseball Games, I think. I haven't been told that I'm doing those games this spring, but I assume I am. Uh, And you can find me uh on twitch.tv slash rocket league as well when we have our collegiate rocket league uh lcqs at the end of the month and our winter major in the first week of april at dreamhack san diego
0: fantastic all right well thank you so much for doing this uh this has been fun i learned about video games which is <laughs> which is always a new thing um it, if you're it's watching a, it's a pleasure being on here if you're watching this, um, do the subscribe thing and the liking and all that bullshit because algorithms are a thing.
1: Like, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell your mom.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much, and I'll see you all next time.